It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we got a good one today. We're going to kick off, uh, it's National Wildlife Week this week, and we're going to kick uh, that off with David Mizajewski. He's a naturalist with the National Wildlife Federation, and... Um, An interesting conversation to be sure. He'll be joining me by phone coming up in just about a minute and a half or so. But uh, not before I get a chance to tell you about uh, my guest in the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour is uh, a professor and the founder of the Oxford Method. We're going to talk about seven ways to ensure your child gets a good education. And then we're going to visit Space, the final frontier, with um, Carl Sagan's widow was his uh, partner in in the writing of the Cosmos book and the production of uh, the Cosmos uh, public television programs. And Cosmos is back. And uh, she was here to talk about that. It was a while back. And uh, this is an encore with Anne Druyan. And... uh, She's she's a lot of fun to talk to, and a lot more a part of Carl Sagan's work than you would typically expect when you say, "Well, she was married to Carl Sagan." Well, so what? But she really was his partner in uh, uh, some of his uh, various 
media exploits. So we're going to talk with her during the third half of our three-hour tour. But first, we kick off National Wildlife Week with uh, David Mizajewski from uh, the National Wildlife Federation. Stay tuned. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is uh, my my guest. This hour is a naturalist with the National Wildlife Federation, and we're sort of kicking off National Wildlife Week um, with my guest. He. Uh, is a television host, author, and blogger. He holds a degree in human and natural ecology from Emory University and is an expert on wildlife and our environment. He's a regular guest on Conan, The Wendy Williams Show, NBC's Today Show, and now he joins us. And uh, I'm glad to introduce David Mizajewski. And I think I said that right. David, welcome to the show. You did, and thanks for having me. Um, David, I said we were kicking off uh, National Wildlife Week, which is, uh, what, March 4th through the 12th, 5th? It's actually, it's April, April 5th through the 9th. Oh, I'm off sorry. I'm, I'm still in March. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but uh, it, does, it seems a little early in the year for me, but, you know, I'm in Michigan. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, this is a nationwide uh, week-long celebration of wildlife. So we actually typically, we used to do National Wildlife Week in March, but we, we pushed it back to April in part because of the reason you mentioned. Um, you know, lots of folks tend to kind of think about getting out into nature and thinking about wildlife in the springtime. And spring is obviously relative. If you're down south, it's already spring. If you're up north where you are, you know, it's still probably a few weeks away before you really feel it. But at any rate, that's what National Wildlife Week is all about for us at the National Wildlife Federation. We've been doing this for decades, and it's really just one week out of the year where we really try to focus on what we do year-round, and that is celebrate wildlife and inspire people to want to join us in protecting wildlife. So we have a future where you know we actually have some of these amazing species that can continue to exist on this planet. David, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, do you know how... National Wildlife Week came about? You know, that's actually a good question that I don't know the, the very specific answer to. Again, I do know that the, like the idea behind it, again, was coming up with some kind of, you know, kind of campaign, a week-long focus so that we could really, you know, kind of signal boost. And it does have a very storied history. Back in the old days, um, you know, we had people like Walt Disney doing PSAs for the National Wildlife Federation, promoting National Wildlife Week. Um, it, a little bit later on, we had Jim Henson and the Muppets. In fact, Kermit the Frog did a PSA for National Wildlife Week back in, I believe, the 80s. So, you know, there's, we've been doing this for a long time. And, in fact, if you, if you go to the National Wildlife Federation website, which is nwf.org, not only will you see the link to all the cool stuff we're doing this year, which we can get into in a second, but if you go into our history section, you can see some of this really cool kind of archival, uh, you know, stuff that we did with National Wildlife Week. Do you have the old PSAs up there? I believe we do, yeah. Yeah, it would be fun to go back and watch some of those. But you mentioned some of the things that you're doing this year. Um, what kinds of activities are you planning this year, and, and how does that compare to years past? 
Well, you know, in terms of activities, everything is virtual because, of course, we're still in this pandemic. Right. And, you know, we want folks to you know continue to follow the best practices for social distancing, et cetera. So like last year, this year, everything's virtual. We're not doing any live events. But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of fun to be had. So, um, so the theme this year for National Wildlife Week is America's Unique Wildlife. Now, you know, when we were kind of thinking about, well, what do we want to talk about this year? I, I just was thinking how so many of us, you know, when we think of wildlife, we think of these you know, wonderful exotic species from all around the world, you know, lions and, and tigers and crocodiles and things like that. And bears, and, oh my. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, you know, but the reality is, is that we actually have some pretty cool wildlife species right here in America. And there's, in fact, even some strange species or unique species that a lot of people don't even know about. So that's, that's kind of where we went with this. And so we're kind of celebrating some of these interesting species that aren't really widely known. And so when you go to the National Wildlife Week website, one of the first things you're going to see is our BuzzFeed quiz. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with BuzzFeed, but there are a website and their, their big claim to fame are their quizzes. They do all sorts of fun, crazy, silly quizzes. And so we've teamed up with them, and they've created a quiz that will tell you which of these unique and maybe strange North American wildlife species your personality best matches. So not, not particularly scientific, but still a little bit of fun. And hopefully when people take the quiz and you find out what animal you are, you're going to learn something about those species. I actually helped write all that. So I hope people really do go take that quiz. But beyond that, beyond the fun, we are hoping that people get involved. And so, again, on the, the National Wildlife Week website, you'll find a whole bunch of different ways that you can you know, be a voice for wildlife, help us promote wildlife conservation, and other ways to get involved in the bigger picture of, of conservation. How has the, uh, the Wildlife Federation been able to continue to to work and do the converse, uh, conservation work that it does this past year during the pandemic has activity changed dramatically you know it's 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 really interesting to see how everything played out and and thankfully you know we have not stopped at all um you know our our machine at the national wildlife federation has continued to plow forward and really focus on the work that we always do we of course had to shift and pivot like everybody else, our offices remain closed. You know, it's been over a year since we got together as staff. But, you know, I'll tell you what, we were a little bit ahead of the curve because we had already begun using Zoom before the pandemic. And um, staff had been trained on it. And so we kind of hit the ground running working virtually. And, you know, a lot of our work, you know, it's not happening, you know, right specifically on the ground. You know, there, there are education campaigns and we do a lot of advocacy work you know, uh, p- promoting and fighting for good legislation and policy and, and a lot of, you know, online events like this. So it really didn't impact our ability to actually do our work. You know, it, it, it did a, an impact, you know, being able to see people in real time. But, you know, we're going to keep doing what we need to do to make sure that we have a future with wildlife in it. Now, one of the things um, I just was looking over a press release from the Wildlife Federation in um, – it talks about, you know, getting outside. A number of things that people, especially young people, can do, even with the pandemic still kind of hanging on a little bit, um, to ex- explore, you know, to go out and have a scavenger hunt or plant a, gu- a garden or 
cultivate yep. a garden, plant a tree, some of those things that people can do safely and still appreciate the out- outdoors. When you talk about wildlife, are you talking about the animals and various species of animals, or, or do you consider habitat as well? Another fantastic question. You know, in the, the, the short answer is that both. They're connected. You can't have wildlife without habitat. And if you think about it, plants and the, the wild plant community out there is the habitat for wildlife. And so when we talk about getting involved protecting wildlife by doing things like, say, planting trees or, you know, even, you know, closer to home, planting a butterfly garden in your yard. That's a great thing that you can do with your family, you know, get the kids involved right, you know, this week to celebrate National Wildlife Week. It's going to impact, you know, butterflies and maybe, you know, bees and other, you know, great pollinating insects that really could use our help. And it really starts with the plants. And so that's one of the things that we are promoting people to do this year. And we do have a really neat resource that's called the Native Plant Finder. And you can find this on the National Wildlife Week website um, in the What You Can Do section. And what this will do is give you, for your zip code, you put in your zip code, and based on actual science, we'll tell you the best plants to support the caterpillars of butterflies and moths that are found native growing in the wild in your zip code. And a lot of these are very ornamental and can be found at garden centers. So we're not talking about just, you know, quote, unquote, weeds. Um, so it's a really great thing that everybody can do during National Wildlife Week to celebrate wildlife and make a little bit of difference, like literally right at home. And that's... Um and, and it's actually kind of interesting because these are things people can do right in their own backyard. Absolutely. You know, getting involved in conservation, there's, there's just so many pathways to do it. And that's another thing that we really wanted to showcase this year for National Wildlife Week. Um, you know, it, it, there's no one right way to be a conservationist. And so the, the, we've got these kind of buckets of, of opportunity. So, you know, using your voice, right? So, as I mentioned, fighting for, for good wildlife, pro-wildlife policy and legislation is something that we do at the National Wildlife Federation, and we could really use everybody's voice in doing that. Um, we're, we're really working hard on this piece of legislation called the Recovering America's Wildlife Act, which is all about using existing funding to help the 12,000 species right here in America that are in need of conservation help but aren't getting it. Um, to make sure that they don't get endangered. It's basically designed to keep animals from getting to the point of needing protection under the other piece of legislation, the Endangered Species Act. It's got bipartisan support. It's a really great, it's a really great bill. So, you know, people can help us support that by letting their elected officials know that that's something that should be a priority. We've got a link to do that. But you can also just share our, our messages on social media. Follow us on social media. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can kind of let your voice be, be heard and help amplify, amplify our voice. And then there's all the other things that we were just talking about, sort of getting involved in conservation by using your time and resources. So, again, the tree planting, making that commitment to get your kids and, and your family outdoors and, you know, a little bit less screen time, a little bit more green time is what we like to say. <laughs> nice. um, and, again, we've got a whole bunch of resources on how to do that. So just... There's no one right way to be a conservationist, and we've got a lot of options that you can check out and get involved in. More with David Mizajewski from the National Wildlife Federation about National Wildlife Week. Straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with David Mizajewski from the National Wildlife Federation about National Wildlife Week straight ahead. Now, when you say there are 12,000 species in need of uh, conservation, um, are is that a total number of species that that might be found around the U.S., or is that the number that is endangered? So, uh, th- so that number, the twelve thousand number, is the number of species that wildlife biologists, based state by state, each state has a wildlife agency that assesses the populations of the wildlife within that state. And so th- that number is the added up from state to state to state. So it, it ends up being roughly about a third of the wildlife in America. So a third of the wildlife in America are, are declining and in need of conservation help and, and essentially do face potential extinction in the coming decades if we don't act now. Separate from that is endangered species, species that are already in that critical care place where if we don't act in big ways right now, they are going to disappear from the planet. And currently listed under the endangered species list, there's over 1,600 species. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't other species that are endangered, but those are the ones that we're focusing on and actually have the resources to do something about. But again, what the Recovering America's Wildlife Act is all about is preventing these declining species, these 12,000 declining species, from getting to that intensive care place where they they are when they end up getting listed as endangered it's a preventative measure now don't we lose species every year we do globally um for sure and um you know it, it, and a lot of these species that are disappearing frankly are, are species that we probably um know very little about or n- nothing at all i mean the world you know on this planet we have so many insect species and so many plant species that they, they're not all, even all cataloged or understood or even studied by science yet. You know, new species, small animals like that are discovered every year, sometimes even bigger ones too. I mean, recently there was a, a whale species that was discovered um, that looks very similar to known species, but, um, you know, the, the, the sightings and the documentations of, of this particular species, you know, would indicate that it's actually a similar but different species of whale. So, you know, you never know. What what do you uh, say to people who have uh, yards, gardens, who may may even be growing uh, food and vegetables and things in the yard that that feel like maybe they have a little too much wildlife and, and they're becoming <laughs> pests? If, if, I you, would say, if you know I would what I mean, this. how can yeah. are, are there are there uh, natural ways of of um, you know maybe warding off? Um, unwanted species, groundhogs, and things like that? Sure, yeah. And, and again, I'm a gardener, so I'm right there with you. Um, they can be done, I, you know, humanely. Yeah, yeah the squirrels in, in, in particular in my neighborhood really did a number uh, on my garden last year. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we talk about garden for wildlife, and that's a big initiative that we do at the National Wildlife Federation, that's this idea of planting the native plants to support the, the birds and the butterflies and the bees and, and so on. That doesn't mean that you have to let the deer and the groundhogs and the rabbits come in and decimate your vegetable garden. You know, there are, you know, there's a lot of good information out there on, on deterrence. Um, you know, at the end of the day, fencing is really foolproof. 
Um, and you, you know, if you have raised beds, you can build small structures around them and put wire mesh up. You know, um, I've seen really great, uh, you know, sort of whole garden areas with, uh, with kind of, you know, over, overhangs that will keep out some of those, those wildlife species. Um, you know, groundhogs, if you have even just a fence, that might keep out rabbits, but groundhogs, it won't because they can climb. If you run a, uh, a, a piece of wire and keep it kind of loose at the top of that fence, the groundhogs actually don't like the movement and they won't climb over it. So there's a lot of good information out there that, that can help. You know, there are, are sprays that you can spray on your plants that, uh, you know, are kind of made of natural materials, but they're, they're bitter or they're, they're hot and spicy and it keeps the mammals from nibbling on them. But the other really important thing when it comes to wildlife in the vegetable garden in particular that I really want to make sure everybody gets is that you can't have a successful vegetable garden without wildlife. And here's why. Because most of our most common vegetable plants, which some of them are fruit, but um, tomatoes, squash, peppers, eggplant, these are all pollinated by, by wildlife, by bees. So, you know, we don't tend to think of insects as wildlife, but they are. They're animals, and they're really important. And unfortunately, our gardening practices are really doing a number on them, and uh, things like monarch butterflies as well. People, we spray pesticides everywhere. Um, you know, I'm seeing this huge spike in, in mosquito spray companies coming and just broadcast spraying pesticides everywhere. You know, there's no way, even if the, the company tells you that it's quote-unquote safer bees, that it's actually safer bees. And, you know, if you want to have a good, uh, robust harvest in your vegetable garden, we need these insects. We need these wild animals out there pollinating our food crops. Now, a lot of people have um, become more bat-friendly than we were in the days of Bela Lugosi. Um, but, and that's because it keeps the mosquito count down. Um, what can people do if they want to uh, attract bats and, and, and set up a bat house or, or some kind of way to encourage bats to naturally fight off mosquitoes? Yeah, bats are amazing, amazing creatures. You know, and, and some species do feed on bats. Um, you know, just it's important to note that presence of bats does not mean that every last mosquito is going to be eliminated. Well, and, you know, that doesn't, that's not how nature works. Sometimes people think that. but There's always that last sure, one on the plate. <laughs> exactly. They, they will for sure, um, you know, help keep the mosquito population in check. And, and in fact, some recent studies have come out looking at little brown bats, which are fairly common, you know, across the country, do indeed eat a lot of mosquitoes in any single night. So bats, if you want to put out a bat house for them, um, you want to make sure that it's a good design. Preferably, if you want to get a lot of bats, it's going to be a large bat house. It'll be at least 24 inches tall, at least 18 to 20 inches wide. We'll have a few different chambers in there. But the key thing beyond the size of the, of the bat house that you're going to put out is that it's mounted properly. So number one, don't put it on a tree. Even though bats roost in trees at night or during the day, I mean, because they're flying around at night, um, they tend to not use a bat house if it's put in a tree. It makes them feel a little bit too exposed to predators. You know, a raccoon or a snake could climb right up and get in there. Preferably, it would be on a pole or even better on the side of a building. So if you have, you know, your house, like up towards your roof line, making sure that, you know, you don't have any crevices where the bats are going to get into your attic, um, you know, you can hang this on the side of your house, 
up high at and, least 15 feet off the ground and that that will help bats you know be attracted to it and and i would say a little ways from any entrances uh, absolutely yeah and you know whenever the, the, you never want we want to help make sure that wildlife have homes we don't want them in our homes right so <laughs> that should that goes should go without saying is that make sure your house is critter proof like i was just saying you know, do an annual inspection of your foundation and your roof line. Make sure there's no spaces where animals can get in. If you have, you want to keep your windows open, keep screens in them. Otherwise, you know, insects are going to fly in for sure. And maybe every once in a while you might get a bird or a bat, and that's not good for anybody. So just simple things like that on our part can help prevent any potential sort of wildlife conflicts. And that's actually the other area that we're focusing on in terms of actions that people can do for National Wildlife Week. You know, we want people to let their voice be heard. We want people to make the commitment to get outside and connect to nature and plant. But you can also do something as fun as shopping. <laughs> and that actually will help help wildlife. So we have got a, an entire shop website that you can buy things like bat houses, bird houses, you know, wildlife themed clothing, all of that good stuff. I actually help our product team develop these, these products to make sure that they're accurate and they're actually going to help wildlife. But it seems silly, but we at the National Wildlife Federation, we're a nonprofit organization. And so, you know, if you purchase from our catalog, all of those funds that, that, that come in go directly to support our programs. So that's a way that folks can get involved in wildlife conservation. It seems kind of crazy, but, you know, who doesn't like to shop and get, you know, cool stuff for themselves? So, <laughs> you know, you can do it and feel good. And, you know, a lot of our products are made out of sustainable materials, made in the USA. So, that is also linked on our National Wildlife Week website. David, because of the pandemic, um, and, and this is sort of parenthetical, um, but have, have you noticed a, a bit of a spike in activity on the website, especially uh, in terms of online purchases? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've all been, again, sort of forced at home, and, and, and people are, in this past year, definitely seeking out information, particularly on the Garden for Wildlife stuff that we've been talking about. Um, we saw a really big spike in people, you know, doing web searches on how do I attract birds? You know, how do I plant a butterfly garden? How do I save the bees? That kind of thing. And, uh, and that's fantastic to see. We, we actually broke records last summer with the numbers of people that were coming to our website and participating in our Garden for Wildlife program. So that, that is encouraging. And, and I did, I read an article um, uh, several months back that said, you know, d during the pandemic, we all became birders because it really is true. So many of us, again, being at home, were, uh, you know, just looking out our windows more and, and people were seeing some of these incredible birds that, again, they probably didn't even know about before or, or even think about before. But the, the slowdown that we kind of were forced into because of the pandemic you know, I mean, I, th th there were some, some, some things that came out of it that probably are not bad, you know, like this greater connection to nature and this sort of interest in getting involved in local ways to help out the local wildlife. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I remember a couple times uh, uh, when my kids were little um, and, and deer or, or even rabbits would venture into the yard. Um, we had, when my kids were little, we had a pretty decent sized yard and um the kids would be fascinated you know you know they'd sit in the window and they could watch those animals for hours if they lingered uh, absolutely and you know i think kids are 
innately drawn to other living things, right? And so uh, being able to foster that love of, of, of animals is, is just such a special thing. I mean, I know for myself, when I was a little kid, I, I, I definitely feel like I had this innate connection to animals, and my parents encouraged it, you know? The, and, and, and it's not like, you know, we never want to teach kids to want to go out and you know, try to make pets of wildlife or touch them or feed them or anything like that. But, you know, if adults can encourage kids in their learning about wildlife, that's just such a fantastic thing because that old saying of you only protect what you love and you only love what you know is really true. And unfortunately, you know, kids today are not spending the amount of time outside or, you know, in nature that, that previous generations did. You know, the average school-age kid in America, and this was before the pandemic, was spending almost eight hours a day, every single day, indoors, sedentary, in front of electronic screens. You know, and nothing against our technology. Our technology is amazing. And in fact, we use it a lot at the National Wildlife Federation to try to get people connected to nature. That's why we have a National Wildlife Week website. But I think everybody can agree that almost eight hours a day for a kid in front of electronic screens is probably too much. And that's where our, our you know, our kind of catchphrase, uh, less screen time and more green time comes in. And in fact, we've got a whole campaign called the Green Hour designed to help parents give their kids that sort of outdoor green hour that is so important, you know, for their health and well-being, but also for their ability to learn about nature and hopefully grow up into adults that care about it and want to protect it. You know, you mentioned um, the increase in traffic on on, uh, the Wildlife Federation's website and that there are some online shopping opportunities there that help provide revenue for the National Wildlife Federation, um, and that that supports programs. What are some of the programs? Well, we've, we've talked a lot about a bunch of them. Um, one of them, of course, is our Garden for Wildlife program. I've mentioned that a couple of times. Right. Um, another is this Green Hour campaign that we were just talking about that, uh, again, is all about helping parents and other people who have kids in their lives um, to, to uh, you know, make that commitment and give them the ideas so that it's very easy for them to make sure that the kids are getting outside. Um, you know, those are, you know, just two of many, many different programs. We've got our, our eco-leaders program on campuses, um, and that's another thing that's linked here on our garden or on our National Wildlife Week website, um, you know, helping college-age students to, you know, green their campuses and learn more and do projects that are focused on conservation. Um, you know, we, uh, on the wildlife end, if, like, more specifically focused on wildlife, we're working right now to, with our tribal partners to reintroduce bison to their native grassland habitat. Um, and, and, you know, we've actually had some really great successes with that. Uh, I got to see the very first bison calf born on the Wind River Reservation up in Wyoming in over 100 years. Wow. And, like, it's just amazing. You know, I didn't actually see it born literally, but... I saw the first one that was born when it was still a calf. Um, that was a few years ago, and we're continuing to do that work. You know, we're working out in California to build a highway overpass for the dwindling mountain lion population in the Santa Monica Mountains that um, are, are really at risk from getting hit by cars. In fact, one of these big cats was killed just last week, and their population, there's only a couple dozen of them, and, you know, they're in, at real risk. Um, closer to home to where you are, we do a lot of work focused on the Great Lakes and keeping the Great Lakes clean 
and you know uh, available for not only wildlife but for people too. So the National Wildlife Federation is just doing a ton of work all across the country. We are focused here on North America, and you know we kind of think of ourselves as America's conservation organization that sets us a little bit apart from some other conservation groups that focus more globally or more internationally. And so when people support us either by becoming a member, um, again, we're a nonprofit organization and a membership group, so you can you know, make a, that, that $20 donation every year and become a member, and that supports our work. But you can also, you know, again, like I said, purchase from our catalog. Um, you can adopt an animal. We've got a really fun symbolic adoption program where you can pick one of any number of a few dozen different species of animals and yeah, symbolically adopt it. You're not adopting an individual animal. You know, we're not a zoo. We don't have individual animals. But, um, but when you do that, it's just kind of a fun way to focus your support. And, um, and, you know, if you choose, you can also get a cute little plush of that animal. So, you know, again, just lots and lots of different ways for folks to get involved in wildlife conservation with the National Wildlife Federation right now during National Wildlife Week. And we're kicking off National Wildlife Week with uh, naturalist David Mizjewski from the uh, National Wildlife Federation. And, and David, we just, just have a minute or two left. And um, can, can you share again with us what some of those resources are for people who want to find out more about National Wildlife Week and the National Wildlife Federation? Absolutely. If you go to our website, it's nwf.org, and you'll find uh, the National Wildlife Week featured prominently there. You can just Google National Wildlife Week as well. Go to our website. There's tons of information, tons of ways to get involved. You can access our really fun BuzzFeed personality quiz, and you can find out what strange and unique animal in North America you best fit. You can take our pledge to help get involved with, with wildlife conservation and be entered into a contest to win a wildlife gear and go pack. Lots of really great stuff that you can use when you're on your outdoor adventures. And of course, there's, there's buckets of, of ways that you can get involved before. You can use your voice, you can use your time and resources, or you can donate and shop for a cause. And under each of those categories, there's like four or five different specific ways to get involved. So National Wildlife Week, Google it, get involved. David, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. You're welcome. I appreciate the time, and, and thanks for helping us signal boost and get the word out about wildlife conservation. All right. You take care. You too. Once again, that was uh, David Mizajewski. He is a nat- uh, naturalist with the National Wildlife Federation, and um, he has uh, a degree in human and natural ecology from Emory University. is considered an expert on wildlife and our environment. Um, he has hosted shows on Animal Planet and Nat Geo Wild. And we'll be back with uh, more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music>
goodbye Just a palm of smile Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world I'll always remember you like a child girl You know I see a lot of what the world can do And it's breaking my heart in two Cause I never wanna see say Don't be a bad girl But if you wanna leave, take good care Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there But just remember there's a lot of bad in from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, 
scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque riverway. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, 
Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I worked as an accountant for about two years in Chicago. I had a, got a degree in accounting, went into the Army during the Korean War. Remember that one? <laughs> and, uh, no benefits. And uh, I have held close to 30 separate accounting jobs in two years, which is like three weeks at each place, you know. I found one thing is true, that they always put you through an orientation program. You spend one week learning all the problems you're going to have to face in this new job. But invariably, after the week in orientation, the first problem you run into your first day on the job was never covered in any of the, any of the sessions. Now, with this kind of prologue, this may seem kind of a jump. My favorite movie is King Kong, the monster movie. This is the greatest monster movie ever made. And the biggest scene, of course, the one you all remember from King Kong, is when King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. All right, now putting these two thoughts together. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. It's also the first night on the job for a new guard. See, this is his first night on the job. He's gone through a week's orientation on the problems he's going to face. And it happens to be the night that King Kong climbs the outside of the Empire State Building. Uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nelson. Yes, this this is uh, Sam Hennessy, the, uh, the 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 new guard. Yeah, sir. I you know I hate to bother you at home like this on on my first night, but uh, <coughs> see, so, uh, something's come up, sir, and it, it's not it's not covered in in the guard's manual. <laughs> Yeah, I, I looked in the index. Yeah, yes, sir. It, I, I looked under unauthorized personnel and, uh, and uh, people without passes and, and apes and apes' toes. Uh, apes and apes' toes. Yes, sir. Uh, there, there's an ape's toe uh, sticking through the window, sir. Well, uh, see, uh, see, this isn't your standard ape, sir. I mean... Uh, he's between uh, 18 and 19 stories high, uh, d uh, d depending on, on whether there's a 13th floor or not. Uh, uh, uh. Well, uh, sir, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a rule against, uh, against apes shaking the building. There, there, there is, yes. So I, I, I yelled at his feet, you know, I said... Uh, I said, uh, a shoe ape, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave, sir. And, uh, I, you know, I know how you like the new men to, to think on their feet, sir. So um, I, I went to the, the broom class, and I, I got out a broom uh, without, uh, you know, signing out a requisition on it. I, yeah, I will tomorrow, yes, sir. And, and I started hitting him on the toes with it, you, you see. 
But uh, it didn't seem to bother him too much. See, uh, there are these planes, sir, and they're, they're flying around him and, and they're shooting at him, you know, and they only seem to be bothering him a little bit, so, so I figured I wasn't doing too, too much good uh, with, with, with a broom. Did, did I try swatting him in the, in, in the face with it? Well, I, I, um, I was going to take the elevator up to his head, sir. <laughs> See, but uh, my, my jurisdiction only extends to his navel. <laughs> you, do, you, don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. This... Uh, this, this may complicate things a little. Uh, he's, uh, he's carrying a woman in his hand, sir. I, no, I, I don't think she works in the building. No, sir. Well, see, as he, as he passed by my floor, uh, she had this kind of negligee on, you know. So I, I doubt very much if she, if she was one of the cleaning women, you, you know. You know? <laughs> Well, well, sir, the first thing I did, I, I filled out a report on it. Well, I, no, I, I don't want to give the building a bad name either, sir, you know, but... Well, I doubt very much if we can cover it up, sir. You know. Well, you know, the, the planes are shooting at them, you know, and, uh, I mean, people are, are going to come to work tomorrow morning, and, and some of them are going to notice the ape in the street, you know, and... <laughs> and... Uh, and then the broken window, you know, and they'll start putting two and two together. You... No, I, I think we're safe on that score, sir. I, I, doubt, I doubt very much if he signed the book downstairs. Uh, uh, you, you, don't, you don't care what I do, just, just get the ape off the building. Well, I, I came up with one idea, sir, uh, but I'm not supposed to leave my post. Well, I, I thought maybe I could smear the Chrysler building with, with bananas. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
to lay low for a while So I'll be staying here inside It's too dangerous out in the world I'll see you on the other side When I'm in my quarantine In my little place too high My heart is aching and I'm missing you We're all in for a bumpy ride show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 